Happy New Year, folks, and welcome to another edition of Fandom's Culture and Perhaps a Few Murders. Our subject matter for today will deal with just that, the new year. With me, as always, is Al. Hey. And Feline. Hello. Uh, the earliest recorded festivities in honor of a New Year's arrival date back some 4,000 years to ancient Babylon. For Babylonians, the first new moon following the vernal equinox, which was the day in late March with an equal amount of sunlight and darkness, heralded the start of the new year. They would usually mark the occasion with a massive religious festival called Akito, which was a Sumerian word for barley cut in the spring, and it involved a different ritual on each of its 11 days. In addition to the new year, it celebrated the mythical victory of the Babylonian sky god Marduk over the evil sea goddess Tiamat. It was during this time that a new king was crowned or that a current ruler's divine mandate would be symbolically renewed. Throughout antiquity, civilizations around the world developed increasingly sophisticated calendars typically pinning the first day of the year to an agricultural or an astronomical event. In Egypt, for instance, the year began with the annual flooding of the Nile, which coincided with the rising of the star Sirius. The first day of the Chinese New Year, meanwhile, occurred with the second new moon after the winter solstice. The early Roman calendar consisted of 10 months and 304 days, with each new year beginning at the vernal equinox, and according to tradition, was created by Romulus, who was the founder of Rome in the 8th century BC. A later king, is credited with adding the months of Januarius and Februarius, and over the centuries the calendar fell out of sync with the sun, and in 46 BC, Julius Caesar decided to solve that problem by consulting with the most prominent astronomers and mathematicians of the time. He introduced the Julian calendar, which closely resembles the more modern Gregorian calendar that most countries around the world use today. Nice. You know what I've always wondered? Like, because I've read a lot of, like, random, like, trashy romance novels and stuff like that, and they create their own world and stuff like that, a lot of fantasy novels as well. Some of those sit there and have like an eight-day calendar day, or they'll shorten it a day for their calendar weeks. And I wonder how that would change the Gregorian calendar if we like added a day. In a way, we do with leap year, but I think that's accounted for when yeah. it was drawn. I don't so, know how the fuck leap year works. Yeah. But I meant like every week, like it'd be like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and like blood day, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. So that's a whole. That's a whole day added every week for every month so on average four to five days added every month hold on i'm trying to do math i'm trying to figure out how the hours of each day would work because there's 24 right. hours in a and day then, and then there are, are ones that like they have 27 hour days or 28 hour days then you know the days are extended or the hours are shortened because the hours are longer their hours are not like 60 minutes it's like 80 minutes you know what i'm saying so it's different and imagine like how different the world would be swapped up like that. I'm sitting here really trying to do the math, trying to figure out, like... Because <laughs> I started off like, okay, what if you shaved two hours off of every day? Yeah, but see, that's what it is. You're not taking from something, you're adding to it. Where's I mean, the extra day come that's from? What we did that, theoretically, it's what we did to create the calendars for making the days of the week. I mean, who says there's seven days in a week? We could say that there's 20 days in a week and it still wouldn't fucking matter because it would be how we set the week. We didn't start off our lives knowing what Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday was. They were just days. So it's us grouping the days selectively to make it more structural. Our weeks don't have to be seven days. They could be eight days. They could be nine days. Well, at the very least, a month has to be at least a full lunar cycle. But Yeah, okay. So if we, if we go by lunar cycles and stuff like that and blue moons and shit like that, that would make it a little bit different. But sometimes the moon, if you look at calendars, are different per month. That doesn't set it off for the month. Well, just the idea of a month is supposed to be one full moon cycle. The idea of a week, I don't know why seven days is supposed to be a week, but however many days it takes for a full cycle of the moon, though they do vary from month to month, mm -hmm. that's so just that supposed to be what's classified as a month. And then that would sit there and shorten or extend the month. Yeah, because again, on like, I don't know. Even though it's just structurally set like that, it, we could change it. We could literally sit there and change it and be like, yeah. I mean, that's what we did with daylight savings time. Just because it started getting darker during the day doesn't change the actual time to which, you know, we did things. I was going to mention something about daylight savings time specifically because when you brought up adding time a whole extra day to the week, we have politicians who have shortened or well, not necessarily shortened, but change the day in which we set our clocks ahead and forward. Right. It's just it's literal shit that we're constructing ourselves and setting ourselves into, and we could sit there and change it any time with, with a good consensus. Is if people just don't want to do shit like that because it's too much to deal with. Like, 
Are you lazy fuck? Well, the thing is, is that um, <laughs> I remember <laughs> that the last person to sit there and have changed the daylight savings time to the current date that they are now was Bush Jr. and he did mm-hmm. and he did that in the uh, early thousands where he had announced that he was moving those times that we set the clocks back and forward a month later than it was before. How do you decide something like that? Hey guys, I'm changing when time is. Well, that's why I was thinking. I had thought about that at the time too, but really all it is is that the idea was to grant extra sunlight. So literally pushing the time that you would have set the clock back and doing it still by the by the moonlight and when the sun sets and everything he obviously couldn't change that all he could do was instead of changing it earlier where there there's obviously a pause in transition as it does slowly transition out to that he just happened to push it back so it's more in line with it happening sooner i was gonna say all i have in my head is this idea of someone trying to feel grandiose and godlike by here i'm giving you more day exactly i control Oh, uh, the damn time of the day doesn't fucking change. The time still happens as the sun goes down. So changing the hour and the day of it doesn't change the fact that we still lose four to five hours of daylight when that happens. Like, it's literally a transition from here in New England. It goes from, you know, bright and sunny at 7 o'clock one day, and then the very next day it's dark at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and twilight starts to fucking happen. It changed it immediately for it to still be that if people were closing or changing things based on daylight and sunset. Instead of there being the weak delay that there was, it now is closer. So it, that's the difference that it makes there, is he's just matching it to it being closer when you knew the change was gonna happen, as opposed to getting ready for it a week in advance. I feel like that's such a like blase thing to have to worry about, like out of the bigger scheme of things, because like if it was for capitalism, motherfuckers will stay open at two o'clock in the morning if they could. But also trying to manipulate time itself, kind of like feeling I was talking about. Yeah, I just wanted to make one quick note. Because every single time I think of like talking about daylight savings, I always think of National Treasure. Just the scene with him talking about daylight savings wasn't a thing yet. <laughs> oh yeah, and then the, the, when they were in the chapel, and they had gotten the glasses, what was it, in the, the back of the Constitution, right? Yeah, and they thought they had missed the, the window. Of independence. Well, the, the glasses were inside a hollowed out brick and yeah. saw the map behind the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, that's what I was looking for, the, the, the document that they were on. Let, let's not wreck my movie. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not wrecking your movie, just saying, you know, mm. there's so many... We just gotta get that, we gotta, we gotta get the scene right. <laughs> oh, and speaking of, you know, th- this is off topic, but I did see, like, a headline article about uh, Nicolas Cage says he does not want to be referred to as an actor. I didn't read what he wants to be refer- to, you know, referred to as, but I'm sure it'd be humorous. Artist. Just like James Franco did. I feel like it's probably a little bit more interesting than that. I feel like he'd probably <laughs> say some shit like, I want to be referred to as a magician. Oh, yeah, that would be hilarious. I mean, remember, it would match to his, his acting style he named it, remember? What did he name it? I forgot. The Cajun so, theory? So, so, something, something nouveau. <laughs> I think it was something nouveau. Cage Nouveau. You know, to match his manic way that he does his, you know, expressions and such. Nick Nouveau. Yeah, something. Yeah, something. <laughs> My New Year's theme story is uh, just like every New Year's Eve, Main Street and Daytona Beach is shut down so partygoers can shuffle from bar to bar without getting the worry of being mowed down in a car. Just like everyone and their grandmama, Robert Miseros, and his fiance were getting their drink on, celebrating the new year, walking in a crowd and spotting the police, he gets startled and starts swinging his Punisher themed pocket knife around in an effort to leave the crowd. One of the three people he stabbed, with also, which also included his own fiance, by the way, notified a police officer reporting that he saw Mezos make a sudden movement and he felt a pain in his hand and looked down and noticed he'd been stabbed through his hand. Police gave chase for several blocks to Mezos once he started butting in the crowd and started booking it. He was arrested in the parking lot of a Methodist church. He was being charged with three counts of aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. But um, that's a red flag if I ever fucking saw one. This motherfucker cut three people in a crowd trying to escape police officers who weren't even looking for him and then cut his fiance in the thigh. One was the dude in the hand who notified the police officer and the other two was one was, a fian- was his fiance in the thigh and the other person in the thigh as well. All because he was escaping a crowd because he got started by police officers. Because I was going to say, like, what did he do? Did they say if he had a history? No, not even in any of the articles that I've looked up doing research on this did anything say he had a history of anything. He got startled by police officers in the crowd and wanted to escape. And apparently there was just too many people around him. So he swung his knife to make room. 
<laughs> it's like cutting the tall grass just to get out of the way. He literally ran as soon as he saw cops. That's like the biggest flag of you did something wrong. And and even if you didn't do anything wrong and you just happen to be made nervous by cops, it's like you give those cops that very impression you don't want them to have by just taking off in the crowd. And swinging on people. He had stated he got startled by seeing the police in the crowd and started swinging his knife to get moving through the crowd to find a way out. Did they state whether or not he was inebriated or intoxicated? Oh, he'd been drinking. Him and his fiance had both been drinking. But not at any, like, severe amount? No. And it wasn't noted how drunk he was, whether or not he was over the limit. They normally don't put that shit unless they were driving. From what I could find, he was literally just trying to find a way to escape. So he's he relatively sober? Well, he, I, I don't think he was drunk. But, like, no other, like, drugs right, like or anything had, that could cause any... He wasn't, like, inebriated to the point where he was just, like, slopping on the floor. He was able to run like this motherfucker... Hoofed it. Seven block force police officers chase his ass. Because I was going to say, too, like, if he had taken any kind of hallucinogenic type thing, maybe he was, like, just shook up seeing shit. I don't know. You know? I mean, like, even then, you you fuck up and, you like, the ground is moving on you when you see hallucinations and shit like that. Yeah. You sure as hell don't have the, the visual acuity to run several blocks from police officers. No, it's not like he was scaling fences and walls, was it? Well, that I don't know. Again, they didn't mm. give too much information on this. I just thought the shit was fucked and funny at the same time. I just felt my sympathy for his fiance because how are you going to be a victim of your old man trying to get out of a crowd? Well, she was standing in his way. Still, he, he straight up stabbed his girl in the thigh. Oh, no. That's, that's, that's risking our arterial splash and shit. Nah, that means that we are not. We are no longer married. He stabbed me and we are no longer, like, even communicating outside of court. If he's guilty of something too, and you're in a crowd because it's New Year's, just like Jason Bourne that shit, you know? Disappear. <laughs> Yank off somebody else's drunk ass coat and just pop it on, pretend to disappear shit in the crowd. Yeah. You know somebody and they gotta have a wig, find somebody. Right. <laughs> Alright, now for my New Year's thing, I'm covering two Japanese traditions. The first one being the New Year's Eve bell ringing. Now, the ceremony itself is referred to or called Joya no Kane, which translates to the New Year's Eve bell. This is a New Year's tradition where Buddhist temples ring their bell a total of 108 times. It's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it makes my arm tired thinking about this shit. Specifically, they begin ringing it on the night of December 31st and ring it up to 107 times and ring it for the final time once the clock strikes midnight. It is said that the Joya no Kane originated from China and was introduced into Japanese culture 700 to 800 years ago. The reason for the bells to be rung 108 times is mostly attributed to the Buddhist belief of there being 108 worldly desires or vices that can lead people astray and prevent them from reaching nirvana, and that each strike cleanses you of each sin, leaving you freed from your problems from the past year. Another reasoning for the specific number of the bells are rung is to remove what is referred to as the shiku haku, a four-character phrase that means unavoidable pain and literally translates to the four sufferings and eight sufferings. Now, in Japanese, shiku sounds like the numbers four and nine, and haku sounds like the numbers eight and nine. When you multiply the shiku and haku, you have four times nine equaling 36, and eight times nine equaling 72, which ultimately totals to 108. The Todaji Temple and Chionin in Kyoto are known to have very large bells that require a combined force of 17 monks to ring them. Some temples even allow visitors to take turns ringing the bells. Oh yeah, because they're tired. Yeah, 17 monks to ring one huge bell. You have to ring this shit 108 times, so you're timing that shit five minutes, seven minutes before, you know, the official time. And like, there's no way you're not going into the New Year's with some suffering. I'm not ringing a bell 108 times and not being in pain. The second tradition done by the Japanese for New Year's is eating soba. These special soba, soba noodles are known as the toshikoshi, or year-crossing noodles. They're made of buckwheat and they're cut with ease. The idea is that you can cut regrets and let go to have new beginnings for the new year. 
The buckwheat is also resilient and signifies strength for the coming year, and the thin shape and length of the noodles also represent a long and healthy life. I'm down. Some people say that like the louder you slurp, the more prosperous you might become for that year. Because of course, <laughs> of course, slurping your noodles is considered polite to the chef in Japan. Any tradition where you get to eat food sounds good to me. Facts, it's where I'm at. This is exactly where I'm staying. You guys remember that uh, Salvation Army people have to do this for hours, and they're definitely ringing it more than 108 times. Those are little. 52. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm just in there saying that you're still ringing. Well, actually, no, they're pretty, there's an average size bell, and then some of them do have the smaller ones, but that's not counting the 15 monks that are needed to ring one big-ass bell. I'm just in there saying yeah. that the other ones, though, for 108 times, that's child's play next to a <laughs> Salvation Army bell ringer. I don't know, man. With the right incel, that whole up and down hand movement ain't don't ain't no thing. You feel me? I feel so, like too, I feel like they're being trained God, how to do it right. They can quagmire that shit. They can quagmire that shit. I feel like they're trying. They're being trained to do it right. So here, do it this way so that way you can handle it your entire shift. Exactly. Some exactly. secrets of the trade or some shit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the shrines in like. The temples and stuff too are the ones where you have the rope mm -hmm. so you have to like yes, reach up like, and do that rather than just a little handbell that's upper body that's movement though so that, that's, that's actually good for your overall health that's not just bicep that's like backs that's back muscles and shit that you're doing yeah full body workout when you pull on the on the you pull on that rope so you gotta you gotta you gotta square your legs out get to a proper squat and just get to yanking i do wonder how they space it out like in order to make it last because you're supposed to have the last one after midnight right so now you have to count and now you ha and you have to time it out to be the new year's you have to practice part of it. if you've never done it before you have to practice and figure out your timing also how do you practice that without like you know confusing people when they hear that shit ringing no way. I'm gonna share this thin ass apartment walls with somebody next door. Well, <laughs> the bells are said to be rather soothing and calm you. Yeah, they can be soothing and calm the first 100, 200, 300 times. But after the fourth practice, I'm either gonna add to the beat myself <laughs> or drown them out. I don't know. Can you imagine how they'd feel if someone just came up and started like, drumming on the bell or something or they someone just brought in their own drum set to just tag on with it and all of a sudden just people drink like electric pianos and shit to try to create a whole ass beat with church bells i think it'd be dope to be honest now that i say that but it would be slightly disrespectful i don't think we'd be able to have time to set this shit up you know what i'm saying i almost feel like maybe if, if some people were singing as long as they're not like overshadowing the whole ceremony that might not be a terrible thing to like incorporate the chimes of the new year it would have to be something that would very very specifically be seen for that and then as well as like well written in that language yeah you don't want like an american person to come over and create an american fucking yeah no asian church bells It'd be terrible and rough asian of a cultural appropriation and very disrespectful because then all, all, all people would see was that a white person brought electrical equipment to a Buddhist temple and tried to make fun of their culture. Yeah, no, definitely yeah. not in that way. I feel like if it was done with care and thoughtfulness and obviously permission. Mm -hmm. So there was a, a Reddit user who went by the name of Jaya and they said that they began receiving text messages from an unknown number on New Year's Eve that said, I'm outside. The messages began to escalate, of course, and at one point the mystery texter claimed to be inside the house watching Jaya and friends. The texts continued throughout the night, with the texter describing Jaya's car and sending creepy texts while they were driving home that insinuated the texter was watching. When, when others tried to call the number, to the number that they were getting the texts from, that is, they got a message saying it was not a working phone number. While the messages did eventually stop, the fear never really went away, of course. So the person hadn't really dived too deep into it. On one hand, they felt something really bad could happen if they kept probing, and nothing has happened so far. But on the other hand, I don't have closure, and sometimes I get paranoid about getting another message. Hell yeah, I'd be paranoid too. I once got stopped for a short period of time by a police officer. He would show up in his car outside of my apartment and it would scare the fuck out of me because he, I just didn't know what he would do. And it was always like right at the end of the shift. So it was just, it was his police car sitting there and I, like, I couldn't remember what his regular car looked like. So I had no idea. Like 
what the fuck was going on or like whether or not he was watching me while I wasn't there. And then after his, his the police car stopped showing up, I still felt like he was still like around in his regular car trying to look at me or trying to figure out where the fuck I am or watching me from my fucking port. Oh, he's so unnerving and it's such a deep seated like fear thing. Oof, that's crazy. Sorry about that. Well, it wasn't nobody's fault. It is what it is. It was a bad choice in one date, unfortunately. But it happened like over a decade ago. So I know like in situations like that, the fear can be really strong. And it's hard to say what the right call is when dealing with something like that. Because mm-hmm. it's not like I can really go to the police about it either. No, yeah. Especially in your case. Police officer. Not to mention, mm-hmm. in general, it seems like stalking doesn't really get handled very well. Mm-hmm. Because police can't interfere unless something actually happens. Which is kind of too late. <laughs> exactly. But, like, I feel... And again, this is without being in the situation, but like getting texts like, I'm watching you, I can see you. I feel like I'd be like, so what's up then? Like, show the fuck up. Where you at? <laughs> right, not in my situation. but Yeah, I know. <laughs> right, like it, it definitely is something else. Like I have, I have the audacity. I will. And I will show up with a weapon and fight dirty if I need to. Mm, that's what I'm to saying. Too. I will protect myself in any way necessary, but you ain't going to sit there and like, especially at the age that I'm at, you're not going to fuck up my peace of mind at my own like dwelling of where I live and, and, and not expect me to come for you. There's no fucking way. This is this is my say-so. You can't fuck with my say-so. You, the moment you start fucking with my say-so, I'm fucking with you and yours. I'll come back 100 and that's not where you want me. You, you will hit me at 10%, I'm gonna come back at 150. You don't want this. Another Reddit user um, had said that she was camping with friends when the noise of something or someone screaming began to terrify the group. And this was, you know, out in the woods, in the dark. I don't fuck with the woods. Mm-mm. So this Reddit user had admitted that they were so scared that they abandoned their friends and left a note behind so their friends would know that they hadn't been eaten by a monster or anything. They just got scared and went home. So my question about that is, so you just up and left your friends out there without saying, okay, well, maybe we should all get out of here. But no, she just went out to, you know, cover her own ass, it seems. And they confirmed it was from her, like she was okay in the end. Well, she said you don't know what true vulnerability is until you're on the outskirts of the woods in a tent with three lives in your hands while some paranormal creature is hunting you, teasing you. I sat there in silence until around six in the morning when I was certain it had stopped. I couldn't take it anymore. The damn thing had driven me insane and my work there was done as I was certain it was gone. I left a note and said I went home and I wasn't dead so I could reassure my friends when they woke up later on. So she also left them there while they were asleep. Did so, she make sure they came back? So whatever what? was, she, you know. She didn't give a fuck about them yeah, at all. Yeah, she just, she just took them out. She said, I, like, yo, this reminded me of some Cindy Campbell shit from fucking, it was the second scary movie. She said, Campbell was running from that skeleton. And, and Brenda was like, let that bitch die. Let it take her skinny ass and I'm a run. Yeah. She's like, I ain't got to outrun all of them, just some of them. I'm yeah. She I don't need to be the fastest. I just need to be faster than you. Exactly, that's what she was like, yo. Oh, that's so funny. She said, fuck y'all. I'm out. She said, fuck this shit. I'm out. Yo, she didn't give a fuck about them at all. She didn't wake them. Not, and now, at one point during the night, did she sit there and think, like, listen, I'm going to, like, let me like, yell for one of my friends? Well, the story was she, in there making it sound like she and her friends had all experienced this at the same time, but yet they were able to fall asleep and she could not. And so she was like, all right, you know, fuck this, I'm going. Also, and though, left that note. I don't know if I'd be comfortable trying to leave in the middle of the night with something out there. Well, she waited until 6 in the morning. But, like, you made it there with people, and now you're going to risk by yourself out of the camp? That's what I'm saying. I wake their asses up. You're still trailing in a forest by yourself with some ephemeral thing that might be coming for you, and you want to do it solo? Again, there's safety in numbers, not only because it makes you lose longer while they get picked off. It depends on how big this is. Right, you need... This fucker could probably scoop them all once. You need some like expendables, you know? Scoop them all at once, it would have taken them in the middle of the night with a camp. It was fucking with her if it was real. <laughs> and, and, and having something fuck with you all night and then you give it an opportunity to take you alone, you're done. You're just done. Right, you're going to let it like scare you into running out there for it to get you? That's exactly what it wants, too. You're just playing into it. Was she white? <laughs> I mean, then say. I feel like she white. I feel like the whole camping with friends and then suffering all night through crazy shit without saying something to nobody is a white thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like any other nationality would have like, I know you ain't fucking with me in this tent right now. And then the friends would have heard her. 
And be like, oh, this bitch again with this shit. What is wrong with you, Sandra? I feel like it would have been the white friend who would have suggested it. Like, let's go camping in the woods at night. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposedly haunted, but it's totally fine. There hasn't been an incident in years. <laughs> like, really, that's what you just tack on casually into the conversation. That hasn't been an incident in years. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> well, all uh, I know is there's not going to be another incident because I'm not going. Right. Like, why Like, why would you set yourself up for that? That's oh, no, oh, no, no. There's going to be another incident. They just won't be involved. It will be their friends that go ahead of them. <laughs> <laughs> like it, but like that wasn't the situation where she'd be the smart person. She like she doesn't have a clear access path out. You were hiking. It's not like you drove to the spot that you put your camp out for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like she'd have to park, and then they had to hike to where they were going to. So that entire hiking trail, she was running double, giving whatever was hunting her, possibly hunting her, allegedly spooking her, an opportunity to snatch her dumbass up while she was running in fear. That's what I'm saying too. Like, why didn't you just wake up your friends? I'm saying again with the whole safety and numbers thing. Isn't it isn't bullshit? I believe she took. Like I said, she took off at six in the morning, which means that it had to have been daylight at that point. She wasn't stupid enough to be afraid of the dark and then venture out on her own. You know what I mean? Well, but she was there till six in the morning, which means that all you had to do was just hang out there, wake them up, and say, "Okay, you know what? It's dawn. Let's go." Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's morning. You can get your friends up. Not to mention, you know. The idea is that monsters only come out in the dark, but in the woods, it don't matter if it's dark or not, you're alone. That's right, she did that whole, like, five-year-old kid, like, if I don't see you, you can't get me, Mr. Monster with Man, yeah. and it didn't hurt her the whole time. And if it was going to come for you and get you, it would have came through that tent. I'm sorry, what, you think that the tent will save them from claws? No, bitch. Not or... one fucking horror movie or ever one situation that involved campers where they ever saved by their tent. Ever. I mean, look at Blair Witch. How much do you be a bear, wolf, or even paranormal incident while you're in the tent? Because right now you're just a pre-wrapped snack for it. It just needs to open the package. Not to mention, like, a very real thing it could be is a person, you know? Right. That's a thinking being right there. They they know how to unzip a zipper. Yeah. (laughs) They know that it's flimsy fabric that they can cut through with a good measure of both strength. And people don't disappear in the daylight. Right. Unless they're like snatched up off city streets or some shit like that. But this is again, the woods. Whenever you disappear in the woods, it's never a good thing. You don't disappear and find a candy hut and then like live a fucking wonderful life with Paul Bunyan. Yeah. Um, New Year's Eve, 2015, Festivia Hills, Alabama. You know how when you're home and you can tell when something is off or just not right? Like, you know how your front door opens and closes without even knowing it's your front or open door. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, the side gate makes a certain noise and you can tell immediately yeah. when somebody's in your yard because you can hear that tone. Well, this couple had that feeling and decided to check their security feed. Lo and behold, they had a peeping Tom creeping around their side gate looking into the house. And he was wearing nothing but a Ronald Reagan mask and a sock. One solitary sock. Was this? Would you like to get for that sock was? <laughs> Not his foot. <laughs> Not his foot. You are right. <laughs> so they had a naked peeping Tom crouching through their gate, again, wearing nothing but a Ronald Reagan mask and a sock on a schmacker. After yelling at him from inside of the house, reasonably enough, because Lord knows I am not coming outside to confront nobody naked, he ran off. And police have yet to find this man. And they have released a very short <laughs> footage of the guy on Facebook or Meta or whatever, Beta, whatever the fuck it's called right now, um, with the hopes that the internet could do its magic and uncover his face and cover up everything else. <laughs> <laughs> As I watched the feed, honestly, I tried to see. I was going to say, the sleuths should begin with the sock, you know, figure right. out. <laughs> Start re-digitalizing that shit back into together so a bitch could see what he was working with because... I want to see how filled that sock was. <laughs> I was going to say, do some like very dramatic stuff, like identify where that sock was manufactured and, you know, how many it's been distributed to, all that bullshit. Do some crazy shit and hilarious. But yeah, Ronald Reagan mask, single solitary sock, on a schmackle. It's fucking hilarious. Really stupidest. I know nobody wants to go out and confront something like that, but I feel like I'd run, go out there with like my broom and be like, yo, unless you want me to beat that sock, get out of here. <laughs> I would only go outside to confront them if I had a, a fireplace that was going and I would take a poker and fire the end of that shit up. 
get it nice and hot, and then come out there and, and confront that motherfucker with a burning poker. Be like, oh, I'm looking for some hot dogs, motherfucker. Let's go. I'd want it like with that red tip burning. It'd be awesome. Was it cold where he was? Uh, it was Florida. Oh, so okay. Not. Yeah. Sorry. It was Alabama, so you definitely not. Yeah, because like New Year's is, you know, usually cold in other places. Exactly. So it'd be extra funny him walking around barefoot. That won't sit there and change nobody from dressing skimpy and shit come the new year. Here in New England, bitches will sit there and be out on the ice just celebrating the new year in miniskirts and shit. Dumb. On New Year's Eve of 1920, the Drake Hotel celebrated its opening night with lots of glamour and tinsel. It was magnificent and tragic. Magnificent because the Drake was to be one of Chicago's most beautiful and celebrated hotels. Tragic because, according to legend, it was the night the woman in red ended her life. On that day, a man and his fiancée, who was clad in a brilliant red silk gown, attended the gala held in the Drake's Gold Coast room. The man stepped away and did not return, so his fiancée went looking for him. She ended up finding him, enthralled by another woman, in the Palm Court parlor. Devastated, she climbed to the roof and jumped to her death. Since then, guests of the Drake have reported seeing her apparition in said room, Palm Court, and on the top of the 10th floor, as well as the roof. Condemned to replay her final night, her restless soul wanders attempting to find peace with that final tragic chapter of her life. In addition to spontaneous appearances in said red dress, workers and guests also get a very creepy and uncomfortable feeling when they're in the ballroom. It seemed to be like something, uh, it's almost, I don't know if I want to say, become stereotypical of the 20s and 30s, or even before then where it was always some sort of a jilted lover ended up killing themselves or or killing their children just because of their partner. That's what I was going to say. Like, not to encourage nobody, but if you're going to kill someone, kill them. <laughs> right. Like, the stories of, like, like, La Llorona, where she sat there and killed her two kids in revenge to her husband, who was cheating on her. It made no fucking sense to me. I drowned right. his ass. Get him. <laughs> like, I would drown. Why would I kill my kids? She clearly loved her children up until that time. So why would you? Like, it just never... Well, you remember what the explanation for that was, though. Because that she just made no sense. You remember what the explanation was, though, for that, was that she drowned her kids because of what they symbolized. They were from him, with him, and... Yeah, he loved you know, them just as much as she did it Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean... she yeah yeah but the, the thing about it is is that um when they do things like that yeah you would think you know go after the person that causes your pain so to speak right but the thing about it is because they know what they've done after they've done it chances are they either still you know take their own lives or continue to go about what they were going to do they just have an extra victim well that's what i mean take them with you <laughs> yeah but you see that doesn't bring any solace other than okay yeah, you feel good that you were able to, you know, get that pound of flesh. But then after that, it's like... I feel like people you know, really underestimate the Catholicism of fucking revenge. Catharsis. The catharsis, Catholicism. Let's make it a fucking... <laughs> let's make it a religion. It's revenge. But yeah, it's very... When it's, when it's a good revenge, it is very, very satisfying. Especially if you take from it what you need to take from it. If you don't take from it what the point of it was, and of course it's not going to be satisfying, it's not going to be what you wanted. But if you go in knowing exactly what it's for, and you're looking for something very specific, then absolutely, it's it's very releasing and very freeing. It can be enjoyable, unfortunately, when it comes to revenge. Not that I've killed anybody or anything like that, just say it. I've gotten revenge on my case, but I've also never made it more than what the revenge was meant to be. And I enjoy, I thoroughly enjoy when come up, it comes up proper. And again, not to like encourage a murder or nothing, but like if you feel like you have nothing to live for after your man cheats on you or whatever, and you feel like you're basically done anyway, fuck it, take them with you. You know what I mean? Right. If it don't matter anyway. I, I, I co-sign on that. I co-sign on that so hard. Like, absolutely. If you like, and again, not seek help. There is no person worth your life. Nobody worth no your life. worth your life. Or anybody that you your care life. about that you were thinking about taking with you. Right. You, well, fuck that person. I'm taking that motherfucker with me. If I'm going, they're coming with me. You know. But yeah, there's nobody worth your life whatsoever. None whatsoever. But if you're in a position where nothing but death is happening to you, and you want to take the person that causes for you, 
then by all means, I co-sign. But no, don't really do that because I want to get, you know. Don't kill nobody. (laughs) Don't kill nobody. But I (laughs) co-sign. This is all hypothetical. Right, all hypothetical, personal opinion, not the opinions of others who are next to me, you know, to make sure nobody gets in trouble. I do not agree or, or co-sign on people killing themselves. But in that situation where it was me, I would absolutely sit there and take the person if my life was going to go anywhere. I certainly don't think anybody deserved my life, but some people may deserve my jail time. <laughs> so uh, there are just some things I'm willing to go to jail for. And if, <laughs> if it happens to be revenge then you know that's on my list that's on my list and again don't kill nobody but (laughs) (laughs) but if i got the person who did me wrong and the judge asked me like do you have anything to say i'd be like i'm good your honor i got him (laughs) no there was this lady who sat there and killed someone who was supposedly in a wheelchair right and when she was doing the interview people are using it as a tiktok and they were doing it. She's like, yeah, I told, I, I, I talked to him. I convinced him to go over to my house. I walked with him to my place. Everybody's sitting there talking about how he can't walk. I don't understand why nobody says he can't walk. He walked just fine. I walked his ass to my house, convinced him to come over, and I stabbed him. And I killed him a lot. I stabbed him a lot. And I and I do not regret it at all. And then there was oh, one of my favorites. This is old British woman who sat there and stabbed her husband. And she was talking to the 911 operator. Did y'all hear about that one? I don't think so. And while she was talking to the 911 operator, she was just like, well, you know, I stabbed him three times. And it was like, well, he, is, he, is he dead? She says, well, he's going to be. Maybe I, do you think I should stab him again to finish him off? Do you think and he needs like, one more? No. She's, <laughs> like, no. she's like, well, he absolutely deserved and I'm just tired of the shit, so I stabbed him a couple of times. I, I certainly hope he's dead by the time y'all come here. Don't rush the police or the ambulance. Just send the police. Don't bother sending the ambulance. Let him die. Like, <laughs> And all this in in this posh British old lady accent. It was just so good. She was like, yeah, no, I stabbed his ass. He deserved it. I should go do it again. Do you think I should kill him? Finish him off? It's like, yo. I thought she was... Finished with his shit? I thought where you were going with her question was going to be like, do you think I should call you like five minutes later? (laughs) Right, and she, like, she was dead set on like, I'm like, no, he's dead. I'm killing him. Like, this is, this is happening. Do you think I should do it again? Do you think I should stab him some more? It's like, I don't think he's dead yet. No, yeah, no, I hear him. He isn't done. Hold on, let me go. Like, oh, lady, yo. Like, hold on, I'll be right back. <laughs> she was ready. She was ready for time. She was ready for it all. She didn't give a fuck. I was like, grandma ever heard. Again, we don't <laughs> condone murder. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right again. We do not condone that shit. But that was the best 911 call ever. <laughs> Talk your problems out, you know? Right. Conversations. Communication <laughs> is necessary, people. Like, I don't understand. That, again, the whole life is 10% what happens to you, 90% how you react. You got to sit there and live life like that. And you got to compartmentalize. You, you can't sit there and let everything affect you. When people, like, do shit like piss me off or talk shit to me, you know what I do? I pretend they sound like the parents from Peanuts. <laughs> just want, 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 want. Then whatever they say don't make no matter. They can call me a bitch, but it, it don't mean nothing because I'm the one giving them the power for the words. So if all they're saying to me is want, 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 then what the fuck do I care? You give people the power of words over you. If you don't get pissed off by someone calling you out your name, I have a couple MIB assholes for you guys. Yeah. And, uh, you get to pick. I have a couple here. So we have food, husband, sister. Son, brother's girlfriend. Sister. All right. Am I the asshole refusing to take in my sister's baby after I took in her daughter? Seven years ago, I, female 35, adopted my niece, nine, from my sister, 26. My parents have health issues and could not take her in, so I took the responsibility. I love my niece, and I will never blame her for my sister's mistakes, but it unfortunately uprooted my life, and it causes significant sidetrack in my career. And I've had to turn down better job offers even because they wouldn't allow me to stay close enough to home. My parents love my niece but cannot take on the responsibility of caring for her, so I don't want to separate them. I had never planned to have children. I even had a boyfriend who, before I took in my niece, but he also did not want to have children and made the decision to part when I took her in. We have never hid from my niece who her biological mother is, and even though the first few years of her life were hard, three years ago my sister started being in our lives again. 
She told me that she wishes for me to keep raising my niece because I have the better job and can afford it. My sister only has her GED and can hardly afford to keep herself afloat. She usually lives with her temporary boyfriend, so she doesn't have to worry about paying for her own place. My sister acts like an aunt to her daughter, not like a mother. And my niece still loves her mother greatly. This past holiday, we were at my parents to open presents, and my sister gave my niece a present to open. It was a shirt that said, I'm going to be a big sister on it. We weren't sure what this meant, but my sister informed us that she was pregnant, and she would not be able to keep it, and she was once again expecting me to take in the baby. My niece was so excited at the news and my parents were happy to hear that they were getting another grandchild, but I was just floored. I burst into tears immediately and just walked out. My sister came in to talk to me and I told her that I wouldn't be able to take in the baby. I don't want any baby. I love my niece, but raising her is enough responsibility already. My sister told me I would be wrong to not take in my niece's brother. She didn't mean to get pregnant, apparently. She was on birth control and didn't know who the father was. My parent wouldn't take in on a baby either, so it's up to me. My sister told me I should feel blessed, but I don't. When I told my parents and niece, they were all very upset, my niece especially. I don't know what to do, and I can't take in another baby. I know it's my niece's sibling and my sister's child, but it would completely ruin my life. My parents and my sister are trying to get me to change my mind about this. Am I the asshole? I would say no. That's a tough situation. Like It is, it is tough, and I would absolutely say no. I would tell that woman that she needs to get her fucking self set straight and care of her baby. You can't just, like, say, hey, I'm giving you a kid without, like, talking about anything, no discussion. You can't just drop a whole life onto someone, especially if they're not prepared for it. I mean, they were barely prepared to do it when they took him in the first time. Right. And, you know, if they even heard any of her concerns and the stuff that she's gone through just to raise her niece, then they would have been, I would think, rationally understanding of why she doesn't want to do this this time because she wouldn't have the means to do it because she's already stretched thin with her niece. But that's also like so unfair because if you say, no, I'm not going to take your kid, that makes you look like such an asshole. But like, you again, you can't just force a kid onto someone. But that's the thing. The thing is, is that if you think that she is the asshole in this situation, then you'd have to think about in which way are you looking at this are you looking at it as she's refusing to you know take care of family let alone a young one even though the fact that if you were interested enough to know what else comes along with that then you'd be more sympathetic and be like well yeah it's tough and you know it'd be hard to do it you know for her and also be that it's bad because you have a a baby that's coming and you won't be able to take care of it when you just refuse. Doesn't mean and that's the baby's like, blameless in the whole thing. That's what I'm saying. The baby's just caught in the crossfire of some bullshit that has really no nothing to do with them outside of where they're exiting from. I think the layers of audacity coming from oh, the yeah. parents and the sister I was gonna say. are top scale because the parents, let alone know how hard it is for a baby, let alone how hard it is in this current economy and this current social climate. And it's just here in the United States, period. Just the world. Bringing in a child is difficult, period. The, the death rates, depending on um, her race, would be increased depending on, you know, whether or not she's black, white, or Hispanic. That alone is a risk in life that you're you, that the, the pregnant woman is sitting there taking for a baby she's not going to keep herself and she clearly doesn't want. Also, like, I don't understand. Okay, maybe without more context into like where the parents are coming from, how are the parents just really allowing one daughter to just get pregnant and not have any responsibility over her children, and the then ex- be the one taking care of the shit. If they want, they want her their daughter to do it. That's what I'm saying. The daughter that's pregnant. They're, not the daughter, but it's already taking care of the other. Sister yeah, yeah. Kid. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, how are they going to expect responsibility of the one who didn't put herself in this situation, right. and expect nothing of the one who did? Like, Shuri took in a whole child that isn't even hers. Yes, it's family, and it's a good thing, and it's nice of her. But like, it is something that changes your life. It's one of those because you're already doing one, why not do the other as well? Yeah, but that's a whole life, bro. Yeah, exactly. They don't sit there and take into account that this is a whole ass person. This is a person with human feelings and desires and dreams and wishes for a career. And they're fucking stomping on that. They're stomping on who she is as a person, saying, you don't fucking matter. Take care of your sisters. Fuck up. And not to say that the baby's a fuck up, but it is. 
She clearly wasn't on birth control when she needed to be. That's what I'm saying, too. Or she wasn't like, on the right one. And instead of having different options of, of sitting there having an abortion or maybe putting the baby up for adoption. That's what I was saying, too. Anybody know. You, if you knew you didn't want to keep this child, you couldn't do it. Why would you assume that it's okay for you to carry a whole child to term and then just drop it off at your sister's doorstep. There are avenues, while there are still states that still fucking let you, if you knew this is something you didn't want, then take the measures necessary. You know what I mean? Right. Like, have the abortion, drop the baby off at fucking... Um, a safe uh, haven. Right, baby safe haven, exactly. Like, there These are... These stations literally have little things in a wall where you can open it up Stick the baby in and close it, and it locks it from the outside while letting them know on the inside something was dropped off in the baby bin. And I know there's people with lots of feelings about these things, but you can't just force a responsibility onto someone else without asking them. And again, if this is the kind of life you're leading, you know you can't afford this, you know you can't do this, then you have to be responsible enough to make those decisions, not pass it on to someone else. Exactly. It like boggles me that people feel adults enough to have sex but not like adult enough to sit there and have proper protection. Like even if she wasn't, even if she was properly on birth control pills, she still should, should have attempted a condom, especially if she was like a person and fucking keeping track of her own periods and shit. Because that's something that like should be done. As a woman, you keep track of your periods. And if you know about yourself, you know when you ovulate. So you don't fuck during those times. Or you use extra precaution during those times. It's not hard. You literally just have a calendar. You can keep track of when your periods are. You can keep track of what happens five days after. I know this pregnant sister is not financially stable, so it sounds. But are the parents? Because, like, do you know how much it costs to raise a child all the way up to 18 years of age? It costs a lot. Right. And I, think there was, I think it said that there was health issues that they couldn't sit there and take care of. So the they couldn't physically take care of them. Then I hope that if they're trying to expect their not pregnant daughter to accept another child, that they're going to finance her. Yeah. Because I know the pregnant one probably can't afford to give her money, but it is your child she's raising because you can't do it. But she's also not made out of money. It's not like each baby is going to make her money, you know? Yeah. There's layers of responsibility here. First, it's her, 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 her accountability for not doing what she needed to do to not get pregnant. Second, a second layer of accountability for her is because she should take the measures of either having the child adopted or have an abortion if she thinks that she cannot have it. The next layer of accountability would be the parents. They sit there and trying to stomp on one daughter's fucking dreams in life so that they can just deal with whatever happens with the fucking second child and that's not what the fuck happens if they want something to happen with their child they need to work on it with that child not expect the secondary child to handle adult shit of what the other child should be doing that's not how the fucking life that's not how life works and that's how like parents used to sit there and, and do their kids like latchkey parents latchkey kids like me our parents, whoever was the oldest, was the one taking care of the kids while the parents at work. And I get that in some cases, but you're leaving a child in charge of adult situations that they have to do, and that's not your place to do. Granted, these people are both adults, but that it carries through. And this is probably something that she's had to deal with her whole fucking life, yeah. helping to take care of her sister's fuck ups. Because that's not this isn't this isn't a just one time thing. Yeah. Like she's had to probably take care of whatever her sister's fucked up or help fix whatever her sister's mistakes is in the past because parents don't do this level of lack of accountability for one child unless it's a fucking habit yeah because i was gonna say like she's literally able to run around and do whatever she wants it sounds like like do whatever she wants with her life and apparently hoist all the responsibility onto the other sibling and they're really on her about it treating her like it's a, she's a bad person right like she's the one obligated to take care of the baby like she's the one who had it no bitch that's not how this shit works. It didn't come out of my vagina or my belly, so that shit don't fucking count. It's not my kid. This is, the oldest sister has no necessary accountability for your children. Yeah, and I feel like if she ends up taking the second child, that opens the door for if this other one gets pregnant again, she's going to expect her to take it. 
Oh, that door is already open. She busted open with the second kid. I feel like if she does not draw a line here, and it's unfortunate because I feel like there's only two real outcomes here. She's either going to take it against her will and alter her own life for this. Again. Again. Or the child's unfortunately going to end up in the system. And that's not necessarily a great thing. Not that some foster families or adoptive families can't be good, but it's definitely tumultuous. I would sit there and say, like, there are aunts and uncles that they could be trying to fucking pawn this off on on too as well. Right. How big is your family? Right, How big like, is your family? Exactly. Like, uh, does, does the family have other brothers and sisters and the aunts and uncles and shit? Shop around. Find other relatives. In a situation like this, if you know you cannot responsibly take care of the child, that is a danger to yourself and the kid if you proceed to give birth. Exactly. You are then setting yourself up and that kid for a fucked future because you are not going to have the mindset of, I didn't want this kid. And you're going to treat that kid that way and that kid is not going to know why their specific parents, since the boy, since his, his mom is treating him the way he, they do. And, it's, and I feel that way like for, for rape victims that get pregnant. Man. They're going to hate that baby and forcing them to, to keep the child or the person that... that hurts them so much. I can't even start with like people deciding what people can and can't do with their bodies. It's not people, it's women. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Deciding what women can and can't do with their own fucking bodies, which wilds me out in and of itself. It's crazy. It's 2022. What the fuck? Well, if I get any money, I'm moving to fucking Norway and Finland. Y'all are welcome to join me. I'm going to start learning Finnish soon. You know, in parts of Norway, when they when women sit there and have babies, they sit there and give them a home care package, a box in case, a box big enough to hold the baby with a comforting cushion on the inside, blankets, diapers enough for a month, and like food and shit for a month for that woman. Send her home with that to make sure that that baby starts off exactly how he needs to start to what she needs. And in other countries, they get a full year of after, uh, what, is it, what do they call it, um, maternity leave. A full year, because they know that first year is crucial for the baby. Not just a couple months, because they want to put that bitch back to work. <sighs> the world's crazy, man. Yeah, no, United States is crazy. I'm fucking moving. The United States is crazy. Can't say the world, the United States is crazy. The world thinks the United States is crazy too. They still laugh at us because we think the pandemic is a fucking joke or, 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 or a political thing while people are dying worldwide. They laugh at their free healthcare and ours. <laughs> right, oh my God. The fact that healthcare is tied into your job pisses me off so much. It's all another fucking thing I can't even get into. Well, we'll leave it at that. Bye y'all, appreciate y'all listening to us. Have a good new year. Love yourself and each other. It's a new year. Leave all the bullshit in the past. Be a better you. There's nothing wrong with being better.